we have the gorgeous and glamorous Janet Mandel. She actually started out as a Chicago lifestyle and fashion blogger, and now she has her own company, which creates opportunities to experience the luxury of high fashion for any event. Janet Mandel Showroom, which is located at 311 West Superior in Chicago, gives customers the opportunity to rent luxury clothing items like designer shoes, handbags, and accessories from the world's highest end designers. Her showroom is the perfect solution for a very special event, vacation, photo shoot, or even a night on the town, especially when you may only wear it once. Please welcome Janet Mandel. So excited. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Oh my God. Thank you for inviting me. Love to be here and love you. Oh, I love you. And I, like we just met, but I'm obsessed with you. But I have to say, the first time I went into your showroom in Chicago, my jaw was to the floor. I felt like I was in this magical heaven place. I'm like, where did this come from? So I kind of just oh. want to backtrack a little bit because you started sure. out as a fashion blogger. That's correct. And so, now you have this company. So tell us a little bit about that transition and what it is. It was a really weird transition because I've always loved fashion and, um, I actually had kids early, early in my marriage, you know, we didn't really have that like honeymoon phase. So I got pregnant with both kids very early one after another. And then had this like intuition, like, what am I going to do with my life? Cause I've always had a job or always had something going on. And I was at a phase where I'm like, I don't know what to do. So I started blogging. I started, you know, just creating a blog with my own sense of fashion. So that led to um, having an Instagram. Of course, that's when Instagram was like blowing up. So I kind of came in at the right time. But I think I wasn't really into it as, and very passionate about it as I was fashion in, in itself, like just in general fashion. I'm not a writer. I hate taking photos of myself. I hate changing in the car when it's like 20 degrees. And I just, I love putting things together and made me feel so confident about just like the ensembles and the accessorizing. I just loved the whole aspect of that, right? Like it just, it was like pretty to me and it was something that I always loved, but I just hated all the back end stuff, mm-hmm. but I did it, right? I did it for like two, three years. I loved meeting new people. I loved traveling for fashion week. I loved going to all the events in Chicago, and I just loved everything about the whole fashion world, the whole fashion excitement part, except the writing and the photography and the Instagram. I hated it all. Okay. So then, um, you know, it became like more of a hobby to me. I didn't take it seriously enough as a job, I think, and that is where I lost sort of focus and the connection as being an influencer and a blogger. So... Towards the end, I wasn't really into it. And you could tell just from like me um, writing, my writing consistency or just to posting consistency on Instagram. So then my husband had left his family business probably a year into this. Mm -hmm. Um, And also he was always home and I'm like, oh my God, I have to entertain him. Like, what am I going to do? So then um, year after him not working, he asked me a question. He was like, you know, I think I want to move on to something else. What do you think we should do? And I was like, we, uh, we, uh, I, do I, I have to get a job. Like I have to do something. 
He's like, no, but like, I would like to do something together as like incorporate a business together. Well, he's, he's a part of the business. He helped you launch it. It means like we could actually have our own business, like you and your, your parents. Well, his mom never worked, but like, like your father and his brothers created this legacy and empire in Chicago. Maybe it's something that we can actually follow in their footsteps, you know, taking something from scratch and blowing it up. So I really was intrigued by the idea. Mm -hmm. So I said, maybe it was just like a thought that crossed my mind. And I basically like just said it like I, we were sitting on the couch. I was in my PJs. He was watching TV and I just blurted out. So like, what if I rented out my closet plus extra, extra sizes? He's like, oh my God, I think that could be a great idea. It's and I always had. And I always had like a revolving door of friends that always asked me like, can I borrow that? Monica Dixon, who I love dearly, she was, she was my size and she was always going to events and she was like, Jana, can I borrow this? Of course. And all my girlfriends did, you know, they had like, they were going skiing or a trip. They all asked for things and I was like, right. no problem. So I was thinking maybe I could make a business out of this. Maybe we can incorporate a business out of this whole idea and concept. And that's really where it started. Really, it was just like a conversation I had. With so them. it was something that was working at home. You know, people were borrowing your clothes and then a light, a right. light kind of went off and you're like, maybe this could be a full-time business. So then my question is, once you had that amazing idea, what was the first step? Because this is, I want, you know, this podcast is for people who have ideas out there, how to inspire, empower them to do it on their own. So of course. What was that first step to turn an idea into that actual business? So this... So I've had a couple businesses before and it's always been a startup and always self-funded or we had usually like asked for a loan, right? Through the bank. Mm -hmm. I have never gone through any type of seed funding or investor funding. That's never happened. Um, and so I think that's one mistake that I did make is that we ended up, it's not a mistake, but it's sort of like, something that I didn't venture out and really um, explore the idea. We're self-funded, right? So we're self-funded. So we were able to move with the idea and open our business live to the public within six months. So what was Only step one, like finding the space? Because you had the, the closet already. So how did you, like, what was the first thing you're like, okay, this is what we have to do? Well, actually, I had my size, but I didn't have other sizes. So that was a huge undercoming because um, we didn't, you know, I didn't expect that I needed to incorporate different sizes. I wasn't thinking that. So then I just went shopping and shopping and shopping for six months straight, just shopping every day. But also we put a business plan together. We put a business model together. We tested our business model. We, um, we you know, we had to come up with our customer segments, all that before we actually opened. And so we did that really quickly because we were able to find a space. I had an interior designer that built the space and you know, we opened in six months, but most companies that are startups don't open that fast unless you have the funding in place, right? Uh -huh. We spent most of, you know, we spent most of what we had into the business. Um, we didn't have any funding except our own. And so I think that's one thing that people need to realize is that when you spend your own money, it's very difficult 
to swallow certain things as your business grows, right? Right. So one, if you really believe in your business and you want to get a jump start at it, yes. If you have the money or you have family or have friends that can help you, that's the best way to start. Also budget. Very you have to budget. Mm -hmm. But if you don't have that, I would go through a bank number second two second option. Mm -hmm. If the bank is not an option, then you know getting investors is really difficult. It's it takes maybe years to even have that. You have to go through so many different meetings and I didn't have to go through that. But now I'm learning maybe that is something we should have gone through because we spent our own money. Mm-hmm. And that's an investment for maybe for us, it might be an investment for 10, 15, 20 years. We don't know. Right. So I think that's one mistake I made. I wish I had invested half of my own money and then found an outlet through investors and friends and family instead of, you know, compiling our, in- our savings. Into right. Our- and a lot of people who I'm talking with who are starting their own business, like, of course, there's going to be mistakes along the way and you're going to learn right. stuff. And that's, that's why it's so important to, you know, to have that expertise and tell people, you know, I hit this bump and this is how you can look out for that in the future. Um, yes. That's one thing I really encourage anybody that's starting their business, figure out what your budgeting is going to be for the next you know, year or two in your business, have a business plan, really test out your business model. Most people don't test out their business model. And, you know, we tested our business model. Our customer segment was on point, literally on point. So a lot of people don't do that. And it's a big mistake. Mm-hmm. Business plan can always be incorporated after you start your business, but the business model has to work or you will fail. It's, it's a major failure because you're just like rolling the dice. You don't know who's going to walk in. You don't know if your price points are going to be correct. So you don't know if your location is going to be where your customers want to come, where it's most convenient. And you know where we have our location, right? The most convenient location ever. You know, our customer segments are private school moms that have disposable income. Well, I've got like three big private schools in that vicinity, maybe less than a mile away, you know, and they all live in that location or in the surrounding areas. So there's so many factors in actually knowing what your business model is and how it's going to work. So I really encourage people start with a business model. So let's talk a little bit more about mistakes you made along the way starting your own business. So there's one mistake that I made along the way, and this is, might have been earlier on in my earlier businesses. When people give you advice and they want to help you, listen. I always thought that, oh, I know everything. I already know this industry. I already know my clients. I already know who to sell to. You never know everything. You know, people will actually genuinely want to help you. And sometimes I took it as, oh, they want information from me or they're trying to steal my idea. But, you know, there's, you always have to have an open mind and listen to suggestions and, you know, ideas that other people have for you, especially when it's friends and family. Now that let's talk a little bit about fashion because you are the fashionista. I want you to tell us your favorite fashion trend right now and then the worst fashion trend right now. So um, that's, that's a very interesting question. My favorite fashion trend has always been um, prints. Okay. You know, um, I love mixing 
prints. And some people do that very well, and some people do it horribly. I think that when you can have a very good, vivid imagination, especially when it's on you, right? Uh -huh. You know your style, you know what you love. But incorporating neutral prints like leopard, um, zebra prints, plaids, um, neutral floral prints, you can, you can accessorize and you can mix those prints with so many different solid colors, right? Even co coming down to the shoes, the bag, coat, it depends on what you're wearing. Most people are scared to mix prints because they feel like it's so, it's busy, it's too much. Yeah, it's I mean, I would consider myself a fashionista because I'm obsessed you with You are. But that being said, I definitely worry about mixing prints. So I would love you to help me with this because sometimes I don't Absolutely. know how to really do it. And I think a lot of people love prints. They just don't know how to put it together, right? Mm -hmm. And I love putting mix, like I love mixing colors and prints together. I think I do it really well. Um, where some people are very scared to do that. So they just incorporate like a solid black with everything or like all white or they'll do like pink and black, pink and white. Mm -hmm. There's, these are neutral tones that you can incorporate with different patterns. So I love that. I love that trend. And you know who does that very well oh. is Atlantic Pacific. You know, the fashion blogger, influencer, Atlantic Pacific, Blair, I think. Okay. Blair does it really well. And she's a great inspiration. So go on her Instagram because she does it very well. She does it like in a very um, artistic way. I like how I that. It. I think I'm going to challenge yeah. myself now to mix some prints. You I think I do it very For me, I'm not really into the, um, and it's, it was very popular probably last year, the very boxy men's look. Okay. You know, I'm a very, I mean, it might look, it might work for somebody that is, how do I explain it? Has more of a taller figure, right? Mm -hmm. I'm so petite because I'm 5'4 that my body gets really lost when I wear something that's oversized. So for me, oversized boxy trend does not work for me. My yeah. girlfriend, Sita. Oh, I love Sita. With Clark, with Clark, Clark and Stone. She can pull that look off because she's also very tall and thin. Uh -huh. For me, it doesn't work. So for her, she can nail it, right? You really for have somebody, to know your body type. I think that's really you important. You have to know your body type. And that's just, I love street style, don't get me wrong. But the boxy, oversized denim, oversized jackets, oversized coats, oversized shirts just doesn't work for me. And then what would you say is one clothing item and maybe one bag that everybody needs in their closet? So if they're going to buy what, I mean... I'd say Chanel, but if you think there's like one designer bag everyone needs or one clothing item everybody needs, what would you say? And, you know, I, I love, okay, so this is very interesting because I think everybody should have a lady like that. And that, that's a Chanel. But, you know, I think everybody has like a black classic Chanel bag, right? For me, I think you should have an oversized bag, like an oversized tote, a classic oversized tote, because that's what you carry every day, right? You're not gonna carry a Chanel bag every day, a little Chanel bag. I mean, you might wear it to like an event or dinner, but for me, I love oversized bags. I love you know, having a great bag during the day that I can put my computer, everything in it. So I actually love vintage Birkins because you can get a Birkin for probably 
the same price that you might pay for a Chanel, like a small Chanel bag. Mm -hmm. So if it has a little wear and tear, that's okay because you're going to wear it every day. So I love like a vintage Birkin, uh, a 35 or a 40, I think is amazing because it's already soft. It's not as heavy. Um, the other tote that I really, really love that's not so expensive is um, I love the Bottegas. I love the oversized, soft, classic take on. I've used my like um, oversized hobo bag for like the past year and it's light. It's very spacious inside and the leather, it wears beautifully. I've literally worn it for the whole year. I toss it. I bring it everywhere. It literally looks like brand new. And the thing that I would literally. do because about like buying a very expensive bag, like if I was to go, you know, if somebody wants to go buy a Chanel, they would probably buy a black one just because they're like, okay, I can wear this with everything. But the thing about your showroom that I'm like so obsessed with is like, I probably wouldn't buy a hot pink Chanel, even though I want one so badly, but I could go to your showroom and rent one, you know, for a week exactly. if I'm going on vacation, which is exactly. so amazing. That's why it's so colorful in our vault room. We don't carry a lot of black bags because you own it. So why, is any, why would anybody come to us and want to rent a black bag? Mm -hmm. They want something that's colorful, that they're not going to invest six, $7,000 into, but may rent it for like three fifty dollars for a week, you know? Right. So that's when you walk in, you're like, oh my God, everything is so colorful. Our, no, our number one color that we rent out is black, okay? That's the number one color. And we have a lot of black items. But it's fun to dress in something that you wouldn't necessarily buy or even pick up. Like, we have a lot right. of clients that come, they're like, I have a photo shoot or I have an event that I'm going to. I'm going to a wedding or something. And they're like, oh, I usually wear black. And we're like, ugh, boring, black, black, black. I'm sure you have something black in your closet. They're like, yeah, but I just want something fun. So, you know, we tend to inspire and educate them to change their minds and kind of like go towards something that they would never wear. And so they're like, no, we're like, just try it, try it. So they, they try something that they would never pick up or never even think of. And they love it. Like I would have never picked up that dress for me. Right. But so one, no, I always tell my clients, just because you visually see it and you're like, no, that's not for me, doesn't mean that it's not going to fit well on your body. It doesn't mean that you're not going to love it. You have to try things on. That is that's so why true. There were a couple dresses in your showroom that I think someone pulled for me and I was like, I don't know if that would look good on me. And then I tried it on and I was like, holy crap, like this is amazing. So it could look so different on the hanger than on your body. You're so right. You have to try it. Totally. And then when I moved back from New York to Chicago, like my whole thing was like, I want minimal. Like I had so much and then it would stuff that would just like sit in my closet. So the idea of just like renting a designer piece and also when you like take a photograph in something, you don't really want to wear it again. If you want it to be a one-time thing. So you don't want to spend all this money on this dress and then have it sit in your closet. So that's it's just why. a smart way. It's a smart way. Now we're going to play a game. Um, okay. So it's called Let's Make Waves, aka Spilling the Tea. So it's a flash round. So I want you to say the first thing that comes to your mind as soon as I ask the question. So no filter, first. just first thing that comes to your mind. Uh, first, hottest celebrity you ever met. Who is uh, it? 
I would say um, Justin Bieber, just because I was obsessed with him when I was young. I love Bieber. Um, what fashion trend do you want to have a comeback? Uh, bell bottoms. Love. Uh, favorite celebrity style? Uh, Kate Moss. What city has the best fashion in the world? Paris. And then biggest splash you ever made in the industry? Styling celebrity, working with celebrity stylists at a very early stage in our business. Amazing. That's it. You did amazing. Thank you so much for coming oh, on. This is so much fun.